So if you have a Bible with you this morning, uh, I want to invite you to open up to John chapter 13. All right, John chapter 13. If you don't have a Bible, that's fine. It's going to be on the screen. Uh, John is one of the four Gospels. We have been in this series that we have called Altered. All right, and essentially what this is, is we are simply looking at moments uh, that people had with Jesus in Scripture, uh, and where because of the interaction that they had, their path or their trajectory of life was altered because of this time that they had with Jesus. Uh, and what's so great about this is uh, we have a chance today to have the same thing happen for us, the same thing to happen for you and for me. All right, every time we come before God, every time we open up his word, it should speak to us. It should change us. It should point out areas that we are falling short in. It should encourage us. It should make us feel loved and feel valued. These are the things that happen when we, when we spend time in God's presence. All right, and when those things happen, it should alter the course of our life. We should respond in some type of way. And today we're going to once again look at the Apostle Peter uh, and another interaction that he has with Jesus. We've looked at him a few times in this series, uh, which should tell us this. It doesn't matter how much you go to church or you don't go to church. It doesn't matter how close you are to Jesus, whether you're one of his disciples or this is your first time ever talking about Jesus. It doesn't matter. He still wants to change you. He still wants to interact with you. He still wants to be present in your life. It doesn't matter how good you are or how many times you've screwed up. We've seen that with Peter. Peter is a, an amazing guy. He also does a lot of stupid things. All right? Like if you read through the Gospels, he is just always the center of attention. Sometimes for good, sometimes for bad. All right? And we're going to look at him uh, again. And I want us just to be ready for God to speak to us, uh, for us to encounter Jesus in a new way this morning, uh, and the love that he has for us, and then hopefully for all of us to respond to that encounter by moving closer into alignment with what he has for us. All right, does that sound good this morning? So we're going to do this. Uh, I want to read through our passage. If you are willing and able, would you stand with me uh, as we kind of open up? We're going to be reading in John chapter 13. I'm going to start in verse number 3 is where we are. Jesus knew that the Father had given him authority over everything and that he had come from God and would return to God. So he got up from the table, took off his robe, and wrapped a towel around his waist and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel he had around him. When Jesus came to Simon Peter, Peter said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? Jesus replied, you don't understand now what I am doing, but someday you will. No, Peter protested. You will never, ever wash my feet. Jesus replied, unless I wash you, you won't belong to me. Simon Peter exclaimed, then wash my hands and head as well, Lord, not just my feet. Jesus replied, a person who has bathed all over does not need to wash except for the feet to be entirely clean. And you disciples are clean, but not all of you. God, we pray this morning, Lord, that as we just look at your word, that this would be something new for us. God, that we aren't here just going through motions, just walking through the doors of a church again. But God, that this is something new. This is something exciting. This is something life-changing for us. So God, we want to hear your voice and be challenged by it. We ask this in your name. Amen. All right, you guys can have a seat. So this past week, I had the privilege of accompanying one of our missions teams uh, down to Atlanta, Georgia, where we worked with an organization that was called Frontline Response. 
All right, frontline response. Frontline response has three things that they focus uh, all of their time, their energy, their resources, their money on. Uh, and these three things, they work together, they intersect uh, with each other. As you focus on one of the three things, you often run into the other two as well. All right, so I, I love what they do. It's very much so a holistic approach to what they're doing. Uh, and their three areas of focus are this. It's rescuing people from sex trafficking and prostitution, showing compassion to those who are homeless and helping them get off of the streets, and then loving kids, uh, specifically from low-income neighborhoods, and educating them on how to not fall into either sex trafficking and prostitution or into homelessness. All right, and that, that is the three focuses uh, that they have. And, and we were able to do this alongside of frontline response all week. Um, I know it was incredibly impactful on us. Uh, and actually, I know that uh, they said that they were able to kind of really just do their ministry at a, at a bigger level throughout the summer. Like this organization is set up really well. I think they have like 22 weeks of teams coming in that they utilize. And each week has multiple teams. We are one of three teams down there this week. All right, but at the beginning of the week, prior to us really going out uh, and being part of much of anything, the guy who leads Frontline, he, he spoke a message to us. And he said that we needed this message. We needed to hear this. We needed to understand it if we were going to be able to be used by God that week. All right, and the heart of this message all throughout the week just kept coming up as we were working, as we were doing things in different conversations. And you could not walk away from our past week without having this message heavy on your heart. All right, and it was so necessary for us to internalize this so that we could actually do what God was calling us to do that week. All right, we had to understand it so that we could really love people the way that God loves them. Uh, and this was true not just for us on that week. What, what we realized as the week went on is this is just true in our life in general. Like you and I need to hear what, what he was focusing on this if we want to be able to truly turn around and love people the way that God has called us to. So I want to share part of that message uh, with us this morning as well. Um, and then just kind of take it where I feel like God is leading us. So John 13, Jesus is getting ready to celebrate Passover with his disciples. All right, now they would have celebrated Passover uh, several times prior to this one. They were together for about three years, so this would not be the first one. But this particular instance is what we call the Last Supper. So they are celebrating Passover, and this is right before Jesus dies. And so before dinner, Jesus does something unusual. Verse 4, so he, Jesus, got up from the table and took off his robe, wrapped a towel around his waist, and poured water into a basin. Then he began to wash the disciples' feet, drying them with the towel that he had around him. All right, now it was not unusual for someone to have their feet washed before a dinner. All right, that, that's not what was weird here. What was weird here is who was doing it. Okay? And people's feet in this day, they would get incredibly dirty. They wore sandals. They would walk everywhere they're going. The roads were not paved. There was not sidewalks. They were walking in dirt. And actually, dirt is probably the cleanest thing that they were stepping in. All right? You have animals that are everywhere. Like, everywhere you walk, your, your feet are disgusting. Okay? So when someone went into a house, it was customary for you to get your feet washed. Now, this was especially important if you were celebrating a holiday, uh, any type of uh, meal that was a religious ceremony of any type, it was incredibly important for you to wash your feet. All right, but cleaning someone's feet was one of the lowest jobs you could do. 
It was a degrading, lowly task. It was so menial that actually uh, in a household, the Jewish slaves, which slaves really is much more like servant for us, uh, the Jewish slaves did not have to do it. They were exempt from washing people's feet. They would actually save that just for the non-Jewish, the Gentile slaves. Because it was, it was too lowly of a task, even for Jewish slaves. All right? Uh, and, and sometimes a child would maybe do it for a parent. Uh, maybe a wife would do it for a husband, or a student or a pupil would do it for a teacher. But in these scenarios, when they would do that, uh, it was not because they were the best person for it. It was them showing extreme devotion to whoever it is that they're washing the feet of in that moment. Like th this was saying, like, I, I believe in you. I will follow you wherever you go. I am fully devoted to you. But because of the social implications surrounding feet washing, you never would have someone of a higher status washing someone's feet that was of a lower status than them. It just wouldn't happen. That, that did not happen. All right, another little symbolism that, that's happening here. The tying of the towel around the waist. When you did this, this was just another sign. Uh, this is something that slaves would do. All right, so if you saw someone who was walking through the market, they had a towel kind of tied around them, anything like that, you would know that they are a slave. So in all of this, what Jesus is doing, he is adopting the posture of a slave in this moment. All right, and no one had an issue with their feet getting washed. None of the disciples didn't want their feet washed. They knew that their feet had to be washed. What they objected to was who was doing the washing. All right, so it's like how... And none of us would have an issue with our toilet getting cleaned, right? Like, we all need to have our toilet cleaned. That's just part of life. All right, but let's say you're sitting at home one day, and all of a sudden you hear this really loud noise outside, and there's a, there's a helicopter that lands in your front yard. And you're like, what is going on? And all these guys in suits, like, come pouring out, and pretty soon Queen Elizabeth gets off the helicopter and comes walking up to your door, knocks on the door, rings the doorbell, and says, hey, I'm the queen. I am here to wash your toilet. Right? Like, that would be weird. And you'd be like, no, 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 no. Please don't. I can wash my own toilet. I know maybe you're wondering, why did he use the queen? Because if I use the president, some of you guys are going to enjoy that too much. <laughs> and you're going to be like, hold on, let me go use the bathroom quick. I'm, I'm going to go eat, I'm going to go eat a burrito and go use the bathroom. And then you can wash. All right. We're not going there. All right. The queen is just this sweet little lady, like, walks in royalty. And she's like, I'm going to clean your toilet. We would probably object to that. We'd be like, no, this is, this is ridiculous. So Jesus, the Son of God, washes all of the disciples' feet. And then he gets to Peter, verse 6. And Peter begins to freak out. You see, Peter, uh, he still has this idea of what he thinks Jesus should do and who he thinks Jesus should be. And Peter is clinging to that. He believes that he's the Son of God, but he wants Jesus to rule and reign right now to take over and take control and lead all of Israel to overthrow Rome and, and to take all of this back. He does not want Jesus taking the posture of a slave. It's why Peter keeps saying things like, you can't do this, don't talk that way. Uh, no, there's, there's no way you can die. That, stop talking about that. And Jesus has to reprimand him and be like, get behind me, Satan. Because Peter doesn't want that to happen. It's why Peter doesn't want him to wash his feet. It's why in the garden, Peter pulls out a sword and cuts off a guy's ear. 
Because Peter has an idea of what Jesus should do and how he should be, and he wants to see him fulfill that. So when Jesus begins to step out of line with what Peter wants, Peter is always, always having an issue with it. And Jesus is trying to show him what he really came for. Jesus says, I need to wash your feet. If I don't clean you, you can't belong to me. You can't be with me. Verse 9, so then Peter says, fine, uh, okay, all right, I'll let you do it, but wash all of me. All right, and I love this. Like, wash my head, wash my hands, wash everything. Peter is just an all or nothing kind of guy. Like, he, I love Peter, all right? He is just always, like, he is out there. He is 100% all the time. He'd be that friend that you're like, I don't really want to go into public with you. Like, can I walk 15 feet behind you? And if you're doing something great, I'll catch up. But if you're doing something stupid, you better believe I'm disappearing. Like, that, that's just Peter, and, and I love this. Jesus finishes washing everyone's feet. And then verse 12 says this, After washing their feet, he put on his robe again and sat down and asked, Do you understand what I was doing? You call me teacher and Lord, and you are right, because that's what I am. And since I, your Lord and teacher, have washed your feet, you ought to wash each other's feet. I have given you an example to follow. Do as I have done to you. Because I did this for you, go and do this for each other. All right, now in our modern world, uh, we have looked at this passage and we have found all sorts of different ideas of what this means to us. Like, there are churches that have made it a practice uh, to wash each other's feet at various times. Maybe um, specifically on like Monday, Thursday, they will wash people's feet or, or whatever that would look like. Uh, for the most part, I, I think more often it's a symbolic gesture. Uh, this kind of like, go and do nice things for people. Go and don't be afraid of getting your hands dirty. Go, go and do this and do that and, and wash people's feet. All right, but what we miss often when we look at this passage is we focus so much on, on the go and wash people's feet. All right, and that's, that's one of the things that was done in this passage. But there's actually two things that happened here. All right, and, and we focus on that second one, going and washing people's feet. We see Jesus washing some dirty feet. And we're like, okay, I'm going to go and do the same. All right, and that passage does extend to us. But, but there's a, a first portion that does as well. All right, um, before, before he gave them the command to go wash other people's feet, what did Jesus do? He washed every single one of their feet. All right, and this part of the scripture applies to us as well. All right, what does that mean? This means that each one of us needs to allow Jesus to wash our feet. Okay, what does that mean? It means that we need to allow Jesus to have contact with the parts of us that we want to hide from him. All right? The areas of our lives uh, that are the dirtiest and the grossest and we try and hide away. The areas we try to keep hidden, he wants to clean. Too often, I think, we, we come to church and we spend time with God and we want him to notice all of the good things that we're doing. Right? And we want the people around us to notice all the good things that we're doing. Peter wanted Jesus to pay attention to uh, and wash the areas of him that were already clean. He didn't want Jesus looking at his feet. He's like, okay, if you're going to wash my feet, oh man, those are dirty. Also, hey, wash my head and my hands. Those are clean. I want you to see that I'm clean. I did a good job. I showered this morning. Jesus, I want you to pay attention. Okay, I'm not, I'm not just all my feet. I have more of me that's clean. Can you focus on the clean part? For us, it's like, hey, Jesus, pay attention to what I did on Sunday morning uh, at church. Pay attention on how I went to a life group this last Thursday night. 
Pay attention to how I slipped a few extra dollars uh, in for the missionary last week. But I don't want Jesus to look at how I spend the rest of my money. Or what I did on Friday night with my friends. Or what I was thinking about while I was in church as I was sitting there and my mind was wandering and I was distracted and I I was judging this person and thinking about this. We try to hide all the dirty parts away and only display the things that we're okay with Jesus coming in contact with. We aren't transparent in the way that we approach Jesus, whether it's because we honestly think that we can hide those areas from him or because we are too ashamed to let him into those areas of our life that we need healing in. Either way, we aren't getting cleaned. We aren't letting our dirty feet get washed when we do that. And we want Jesus to love the clean parts of us, to to love the image that we pretend to be All right, I want everyone, Jesus included, to see the good parts of me. Like, look at all the good that I'm doing. But we can't wash other people's feet like we've been commanded to do when we haven't been washed ourselves. All right, like, there was an order to how Jesus did this, and this order matters. This order matters. Our feet need to get washed first. We need to embrace our need to be washed. All right, let me show you why this matters. Peter's going to come up and help me here for a moment. All right. So I have something here. I know. As soon as we read this scripture, and you guys saw this sitting here, some of you guys are like, oh, I see where we're going with this. So Peter's going to come help me here. If you haven't sat with Jesus and let him into every area of, of, of your life, you haven't allowed him... Uh, to see the dirtiness and to, and to wash that, that part o- away inside of me, you're going to inevitably end up having the wrong mindset when you go to wash someone else's feet. All right, now, as, as I talk about washing feet here, for the most part today, you guys should be able to make the jump that it's not always literal. All right, like when, when I talk about going and serving and doing something for someone else, we're going to end up with the wrong mindset if we first have not been washed. Okay. So this is what it looks like if we get this out of order. If, if I have not allowed Jesus to see the dirty parts of me and to clean that, this is what it looks like. So I'm sitting here and I'm going to wash someone's feet. You guys see this? See what I'm doing? It's pretty cool. Right? Oh, oof, man, these feet are so dirty. Not really. Oh, man, this is, oh, it's kind of nasty. But do you, do you guys see what I'm doing? You guys over here, can you see this? You see what I'm doing? It's pretty cool. Yeah. Oh, they smell bad. No, they don't. They don't. Oh, man, okay. I, you know, I'm going to go help some homeless people, but uh, Jesus, you see what I'm doing? I'm helping homeless people. Isn't that great? Aren't I such a good Christian? Oh, man, it's amazing. You know what? I, I might even give some money to benevolence. I might even say, hey, there's, there's an offering plate for benevolence. Yeah, I'll, I'll, slip in, I'll slip in a fiver. I'll drop 20 bucks in there. I'm going to be a real good Christian today. I'm going to give $100 in benevolence. So that other people can be clean. But you know what? I, I don't have to do the cleaning myself then. Oh, you know what I really should do? Oh, where's my, oh, here it is. I should get a picture, right, of, of, of me washing feet. Get a selfie with the feet. Actually, you know what? Oh, man, I wish these were dirty again so everyone could see that I am willing to touch such dirty feet. Can we get some dirt and put dirt back on his feet? So I want this picture of me to really look good, right? Awesome. Thanks, Peter. 
See, when, when we get this out of order, when we do this wrong, our attitude and our mindset is not going to be where it needs to be. Our attitude and our mindset is still on us. And it still is actually trying to draw God and everybody else toward what is good in me. See what I'm doing? See how good I'm being? I'm such a good Christian. Isn't that amazing? Don't you guys like that? Because we're doing it out of a place of, I'm so good. I'm such a great Christian. I went on a missions trip last week. Oh, man, I'm such a good Christian. I'm, I'm a better Christian than you guys. That, that's the mindset that we start to have. Like, we, we start to look at all these good things that I'm doing. All right? Like, if I'm going to go and do something that's humiliating and demeaning and a lowly task, like washing someone's feet or going and serving in, in this or whatever or going to a soup kitchen, whatever we put in our mind in these spots, if I'm going to go and do something like that, I at least want everybody to know that I willingly went and did that because of how good I am. And we wear this as like a a badge of honor. And this is the wrong attitude to have. When we start off in a place, though, where we are aware of our own need to be cleaned, and this is a daily need that we have, and when we begin to serve others and wash other people's feet from that place, we can approach things with the right mindset and the right attitude. All right, like, I am serving because I was served. I am washing feet because my feet were washed. You need a savior and so do I. It doesn't elevate these things. It brings us to a place of like, there's only one person who was not supposed to wash feet. That's too lowly of a job and it's Jesus. All right, Jesus was imitating a slave. We are imitating Jesus when we do this. But we need to make sure that our attitude is the same as his. And this is so important for us to get this. I don't do this because I'm a good person. I do this actually because I'm a terrible, wretched person who needed my own feet washed. That's why I do this. It removes the entitlement. It removes the desire to be seen. It allows the credit and the glory for anything that we do to be put on Jesus instead of on us. All right, so the message that was drilled into us last week and was so needed and I think is equally needed for us here today is this. When we allow God to love us right where we are at, all of our mess, everything, when we allow God to love us right where we are at, we can then love people right where they are at. All right, and and that's important because otherwise we get this attitude where we only want to love certain people. And we think that we can exclude people from that. All right, so I want to break this into two things. The first part was this. We need to allow Jesus to love us right where we are at. All right, that's the first spot that we have today. We need to take those areas of our lives that we want to keep hidden and secret from him. We need to bring them to Jesus, and we need him, and we need to allow him to wash us clean. All right, because when we hide our dirty feet from Jesus... Uh, when we hide our dirty feet from the world and we draw everyone's attention to the clean parts of us, we end up not being able to be washed. We say, no, just look at the clean parts of me. 
I don't want to be washed on the dirty parts. Just look at the clean parts. And when we do this, we end up not being able to be washed. And then we disqualify ourselves from the only prerequisite that qualifies us to clean other people's feet. You can't wash people's feet unless you have been washed. You can't do it. All right, again, we're not talking literal feet washing here. And what we do when we allow Jesus to wash our feet is we are allowing him to love us right where we are at, just as we are. Let him love you in the midst of your junk. Let him love you before you get it all together. Let him love you while you feel like things are falling apart. How many of us have fallen into the mindset that like, I have to get all my stuff together before Sunday because I'm going to show up to church? All right now, understand, there, there's a process of sanctification that we should be getting better as, as we grow closer to Jesus. We should be looking more and more like him. This is not the idea of like, oh, I'm going to go do whatever I want so that Jesus can wash my feet and let grace abound. Like, no, Paul says, don't do that. That's not what this is about. But I think for so many of us, we, we are so ashamed of some of the things that are in our life that we just, we don't even bring them to Jesus when we talk to him. Because to bring them to him, man, we just feel so guilty and so shameful. And he's saying, please, br bring that to me. All right, in the midst of your bad choices and failures and mistakes, let him love you. It's not about being worthy to be loved. None of us are worthy to be loved. Okay, like, none of us are. And there, there's nothing that we can do, there's no amount of good we can do that will make us worthy to be loved. He alone is worthy, but he loves us anyways. So we need to allow him to love us right where we are at. The second thing is this, we need to love people right where they are at. Not just the people we want to love, but anyone God would ask us to. Anyone he brings across our path. All right, and not just the people that we approve of the proverbial dirt that's on their feet. Right? Like, there's some people you're like, I'm willing to love them. Yeah, they don't have it all together, but... I mean, if we were honest about it, what we would say is, I don't judge their sin as bad as some other people's. So I'm willing to love them. But that person over there, uh, I don't know. I feel like they chose their sin. I feel like they chose the life they're in. I'm, I'm not going to love that. I can't love them. I can't wash their feet. And that's why it's so important for us to allow Jesus to love us where we are at. Because it reminds us that we were not worthy either. It doesn't matter if we think they are worthy of our love. They're worthy of our love. They're worthy of us washing their feet because Jesus told us to. Because he washed our feet. We love people right where they are, dirty feet and all. Carrie, you can come up uh, as we kind of close here. When we were in Atlanta, uh, they, they spent time helping us understand what led people to being caught in sex trafficking, prostitution, homelessness. Uh, and as they talked about some of this, some of the biggest resistance that organizations like Frontline Response and other organizations that do this work, the biggest resistance that they have um, 
to people giving towards their cause and, and helping fund them is that there are people that, that think like, you know what, man, I, I don't think I want to give to that because you're just enabling people. You're helping people in a life that they've chosen to be in. And, and the reality is, is most of these situations that we saw last week, that's, that's just not the case. Like they spent a lot of time working with us walking through this of saying like, you know, you say someone chose this life, but man, look at their choices. They didn't have any. But that's beside the point. It doesn't matter. Even if they chose that life, you run into people on the street that are, I've been out here for 20 years. I kind of like this. This is my life. You run into people that one guy He's got a family. His family doesn't even know that he lives on the street. Like he, he's separated from the wife. And when it's his turn to have the kids, like I, I think he has a house that he goes back to with the kids. But the time that he doesn't have the kids, he's on the street. And you're like, it just doesn't, it doesn't make sense to us. But, but too often we get caught looking at someone's feet, looking at the dirt that they have on their feet and kind of saying, uh, I don't know if this is the dirt that I want to clean. I don't know if these feet are worthy of my noble hands cleaning them. I mean, that's the attitude that we have. It's like the disciples, they didn't have any issue with their feet being washed. A lot of people don't have an issue with organizations going and, and helping people that are in prostitution, homelessness. They have an issue if, if they are asked to go and do it. They don't want to be the ones to do it. Or sometimes we get around it by giving money towards an organization and we're like, okay, you go clean their feet. I don't want to do that. I, I'm, I'm not coming down on, on giving to, to nonprofits that are doing this. Like that's, they need support like that. But we just got to check our heart and our motives when we do those things. Or maybe the only way we want it to be done is with certain caveats in place. And, but we're called to love people right where they are. All right, and if you think there are people in your life that are disqualified from being loved, uh, people that, don't need, that you don't need to love right where they are, I want us to remember this, all right? At the Last Supper, in this passage, Jesus washed Judas's feet as well. Like, think about that. Jesus sat down and washed Judas's feet and I'm going to guess, based off of the character of Jesus that we see, that he didn't spend any less time on Judas's feet. He didn't be like, man, I went in between everybody else's toes, but I'm not doing that for you. Jesus got down, washed Judas's feet, so that Judas could have nice, clean feet to run away with and betray him to his death. Man. So who are we to say, ah, that person's not worthy? And the reality is, is when we look at that, it doesn't even matter if we, if, if we wash someone's feet and their feet are going to get dirty again. That's what we see with Judas. Jesus washed his feet. Judas ran away and betrayed him. So who are we to say, I'm not going to help that person who's on the street because they're just going to stay on the street. I'm not going to help that person who's in prostitution because 
It's been their choice. They're just going to keep doing this. Like that, that's not part of this scripture. He just simply says, go and do this. I've done it for you. Go and do this. Now, I think the hard thing in this is sometimes the practical steps. Like, what does this look like for me? And I want to allow you to spend time with God and for him to speak that to you. I don't think I'm going to go through a bunch of practical ways to wash people's feet proverbially. Like, that, that's just it. I'm going to allow you to spend time with God. God, what does this look like in my life? All right. Now, I want to read something that I came across uh, in one of the commentaries as I'm studying for this week. I'm going to read this, and it pertains much more to us as a church adopting this attitude. It says, Nothing so astonishes a fractured world as a community in which radical, faithful, genuine love is shared among its members. There are many places you can go to find communities of shared interest. There are many places you can go to find people just like yourself who live for sports or music or gardening or politics. But it is the mandate of the church to become a community of love, a circle of Christ's followers who invest in one another because Christ has invested in them, who exhibit love not based on mutuality and attractiveness of its members, but on the model of Christ who washed the feet of everyone, including Judas. So I want us just to take the last couple minutes here. I want to give you a chance to spend some time, you and God, and just simply say, okay, man, maybe, I, maybe I've never looked at this passage before. Maybe I've never seen the command or, or actually taken to heart the command to wash people's feet. All right. But now I see it. And, and dare I say, I'm on board. But God, what does this mean? Well, what does this mean? Are you calling me to literally wash people's feet? Are you calling me uh, to serve people in a way that no one else is serving them? Are you calling me to, what does this look like? And we believe in a God that is still alive, that is still all-powerful, that is still speaking to us today. And I think too often, uh, myself included, as pastors, we try and give people every little step of everything you should do. And what does that do? It, it creates a dependent relationship where you need someone else to tell you what God's telling you. All right, I want to just give a couple minutes. We still have time for you to just spend some time saying, God, what does this look like for me? All right, what does it look like for me to wash people's feet? But also this first part of this, and I think this is actually where most of us probably need to start have you allowed Jesus to truly wash your feet? Those areas of your life that you try and keep hidden, those areas of your life that you are ashamed of, have you brought those to him and said, God, here I am, and that's part of me, and, and I want you to clean it. I want you to work in my life. I want to be done with that. I want to move into a place where I, where I remember that you washed my feet and that's going to that's gonna be the thing that pushes me in to washing others. Let's take a couple minutes. Let's just reflect on these two things. Go to the first one and then go to the second one and I want us to have a time where we can just hear from God.
Wednesday nights at, at youth group, they always finish their service with something called take five, which is just simply five minutes. They spread out in the room and they just listen for God's voice. Uh, and I was in there one time and I was just sitting there thinking, man, why, why don't we do that more? Like on a Sunday morning, we're just so quick to rush through things because lunch is waiting and we're adults, so we have so much more responsibility. Our life is way more important. Teenagers, they, all they got is time. But I, I just think like, man, I want to be more willing just to spend some time in God's presence. And if that means on a Sunday morning taking that time, I, I think that that's completely appropriate. Would you stand with me across the room? This still wasn't a very long time. All right, and I, I want to challenge you. If you are still on either one of those questions, to take time and focus on this. All right, let's, let's not just run back into our lives. And, and when I look at, at this, like we, we're given a lot of kind of universal commands from Jesus throughout the Bible. This one's unique. Um, I don't think this is just go and go and love people. Like, I think there's more to this. I think that things sit in that spot of Jesus posturing himself as a slave, putting himself in a spot that no one else is willing to do. All right? And I think that's why so often this gets translated into ministries where you're serving people that, that are down and out, because that's, that's what we kind of see in this passage. And I don't think that that's, that's a wrong way of interpreting this. I think God could speak to you in other ways besides that through this passage. But, I mean, there's things, I know Emily and I have been talking, there, there's a place in St. Cloud, Place of Hope, and they're doing some amazing things for just the, the homeless population out of St. Cloud. You know, and I'm sure there's ways that if you, if you contacted them and said, hey, I just want to come and serve, they would love to have a spot for you. But I want us to, to spend time this week wrestling with this. What does this look like? With eyes closed in this room, how many of us would say, there are areas in my life that I have not allowed Jesus into. I have not let him wash me in these areas, whether it's because of shame or, or whatever it is, you just haven't dealt with it. How many of you guys would say that's where you're at? Yep, 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 yeah. That's a decent amount of us. And I wanna just encourage us. I think we get scared. I think we think of like God as this moment, like, oh man, you're, you're so screwed up, but now I'm gonna hit you with a lightning bolt. Like that's just not how God is. Like God wants to embrace us and he wants to embrace all of us exactly where we are at. Don't, don't underestimate the power of allowing Jesus into your life in every single area, not just compartmentalizing him to one small area. How many of us would say that we, we need to find a way in our life, we need to find an outlet, we need to find something where we are being better at washing other people's feet? Whatever that means to you, how many of us would say that that's where you're at? You need to find a way to wash other people's feet. Yeah, yep. 
yeah, that's where I am. That's where I am. God, I pray for every single one of us that fall into those two categories. God, I pray for everybody in this room, Lord, that we would, we would truly come to terms with, with what's going on in us, that we would allow you to be close to us in a way that would even would bear the, these areas of our life that we are ashamed of. God, and I pray that you would give every single one of us just a, a practical way that we can walk this out, that we can wash people's feet in whatever way you would lead us to do that, Jesus. Last thing before we go. I want to give an opportunity. Maybe you're here today and all of this is new for you. Maybe you've heard this before, but you've never taken any type of uh, an actual step closer to Jesus, saying, Jesus, I want you to, to lead me. I want you to be the king, the ruler in my life. I want to, I want to die to myself. I want to live to you. If that's where you're at this morning, I want to give you an opportunity. This is a, a, a huge decision, incredibly important decision. All right, so if that's you this morning and you feel like, I, I want to be part of, of what Jesus has for me, I want him to be everything in my life. If that's you, would you just slip your hand up this morning? That's good. This is, this is the best decision we can ever make. If you feel like there's some type of wrestling happening inside of you, you don't, maybe you have questions about that. I'd love to sit down and talk with you about that as well. If you're watching this at a later time and you want to make that decision, please contact me. That would be amazing. But let's do this. Let's close together in prayer this morning. Uh, and, and let's just pray. Can every single one of us spend time in prayer? Don't just listen to what I'm saying. Spend time in prayer right now. God, give me purpose this week. Give me something that I need to be doing. So Lord, we just come to you. God, I, I pray that we would just come with humility in our lives. God, that we would know that there are spots in us that are dirty, that need to be cleaned. And God, that that needs to happen daily. And God, out of that place, that we would learn to love people where they are at. God, that we would trust that it is your job to clean people. God, it's your job to help them. Our job is just to love them right where they're at. So Jesus, I pray that you would just challenge us with that this week. God, that as we leave from here, that we would hear your voice more clearly than we ever have this week. God, walk before us. Give us, give us divine appointments of people in our life that we can just, we can point to you all week long, God. We can glorify you with everything we're doing. Jesus, we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. Hey, thanks for being here today, guys. Uh, you guys are dismissed.